Hello, and welcome. Coming to you from a jazz club at the Continental, I'm Josh. And I'm John, and it's hard to drink this Blanton's when you're full of bullet holes. Yeah, you might want to see the doctor. I hear he's in 24-7. But this is the Geek ETC Podcast, where we dive into all things you can geek out about. So, uh... Howdy. Howdy. How you doing? I'm okay. Tired. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I hear that. I feel that. You feeling it? I'm feeling it. Hearing it. So, today we're going to be talking about, like, starting out with, um... Obviously, you know, from the title and everything, what we're going to be geeking out about. And we'll, we'll do that thing here in a second. But um, we do want to pay homage to uh, an actor yes. who recently passed. And so um, we want to pay some homage to Lance Reddick, who passed away just a few days ago. Yes. Um, and he, he played a very important role in uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about. So it exactly. just seemed appropriate to. Uh, Bid farewell to a such a, a good actor in, in the realm of uh, media, TV shows, movies, and a video fellow games. A fellow geek, yeah. You know, I saw, the, yeah. I guess he's in Destiny 2. Yes, he's a big character in, in, in there. And from what I understand, he was actually a big Destiny 2 player. Oh. Apparently, some of the folks actually found that his account, like the night before he passed, had been online playing Destiny 2. Which really? is, yeah, how cool is that, you know? Oh, wow. So. I did see, too, that there was a lot of players that um, his, like, uh, character that he played in the, in the game, like, he, the NPC is, you know, stationed in a place in, in the map somewhere. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't played that uh, Destiny 2. But a ton of characters went to see his character and kind of, like, had a little, almost kind of a, a funeral remembrance thing like in crowded around his character in, in the game and held a little like homage to him in the game, which I thought was pretty cool. That is very, I mean, that's the, that doesn't happen with a lot of actors, voice actors no. like where people, you know, Lance, like his voice is such like a recognizable thing. Um, you know, obviously like I, I think you and I have watched a lot of different shows. Like you, you were talking about the fringe that he was in, but yeah. uh, earlier before we started recording, I've never seen that, but I don't. I bet you've never seen like Bosch or The Wire. You know, I haven't seen those. Yeah, you know? and and he's one of those two characters, like with a lot of voice actors, especially too. That you know, I I'm sure they've been in you know, he's done voices and and tons of things I've played or seen that you know I have no idea. Kind That's of thing. true. You know, a lot of those voice actors like that uh, take part in in lots of different media. You know, lots of video game stuff that you know. You'd never know unless you looked up their IMDb. Well, he made a great cop, and especially he made like a great, like upper level police chief or major, like that kind of cop. Like so, in the wire, you know, he was like a command staff level guy, I think. And just his voice and like his his like kind of snobbiness towards it, you could see that he was, you know. He just has that like intimidation factor to like subordinates, and especially okay. Bosch too. Like in Bosch, he plays the chief of police for L.A. Oh, really? And it's a really good show. It's like a good detective show. It's like probably one of the better detective shows that's been what done. Network was that on? Yeah. Amazon. Oh, that was an Amazon. Amazon. It's, it's a book. It's a book series, oh. and Amazon picked it up. And so he's in that, and he plays the chief of police. And then like the Bosch, Harry Bosch is a detective in the show. Who in the show? had starred as a um, actor a couple times and had written a book that had been published. So he's got like a nice house 
in Beverly Hills, but he's still like an LAPD detective. Okay. And he had been on their SWAT team, and apparently he had military service as well, where he had been like Green Beret or something, of course, obviously. And right. so, um, and then it's got uh, a really good second, like, you know, supporting actor role. Uh, forget what the character's name is, but he's, uh, his, um, he's like a Haitian dude. And there's actually some like really good side story that that goes off on, but they play like really well off each other. Hmm. And then Lance Reddick's like police chief is like so scary, like so <laughs> like he's manipulative a little bit, but he's not like the, he's not a bad guy, but he's like he's got his uh, ambitions there. Okay, and so he's trying to he eventually tries to become mayor. So sometimes he's helping Bosch out way more than he should. Sometimes he's trying to put Bosch in a, like you know chill Bosch out a little bit, but he's just that that deep dark that, that deep voice you know right. and the way he carries himself very commanding very commanding i loved it that's awesome well yeah um he he will be missed for his talents for sure um obviously and, and i've heard that there's a handful of more uh media things to come out in the coming you know months and years even that will have him in it as well I don't remember if it was there's some video game I saw. I forget what Hori- they were. I think it's one of the Horizon games, right? But yeah, he is. He is in that as well. Um, in the the Horizon, uh, Forbidden West and Zero Dawn. I don't know if it might have been DLC for Forbidden West, maybe or some or some expansion or something. But yeah, they were to be part of that. And then I think there was some TV show or movie also, uh, coming out that he was going to have some role in as well that had already you know finished wrapping filming and stuff. I forget what forget what it was though. It was, you know, a handful of days ago when I, I just heard someone passively mention it. Oh my god, his name his name in the Bosch was Chief Irvin Irving. Oh, not very original book writer, but Wow. That's like kind of funny. I um what's what is the fringe about? Because I've not heard of it before. It's a it's a kind of uh I know you said JJ Abrams directed yeah, it. Yeah, he directed it. It's 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 kind of follows the tropes of your standard kind of um like crime drama sort of deal, but it has a very paranormal aspect to it. It deals with things like mythology and, you know, similar kind of stuff of lost X-Files. So it's like X-Files adjacent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a a more, a more modern take, right? A newer version of those type of shows. Well, who did he play on that? I, I, I didn't see a lot of it. I just know my mom watched it. I think my wife maybe saw some of the episodes. So I've kind of just seen it in passing. It'd be funny if he was another police chief or FBI director. <laughs> right. Because that's just like, the, that's just the voice. You know what I was just thinking though? His voice and like the way that he seems like such a calm, cool, and collected person when he when he's acting. I think it's such a disappointment. I would have loved, we talked about in Star Wars how much we wanted to see a High Republic show. Mm-hmm. And imagine him in some brown robes oh. as a as a Jedi, like because you know imagine him on the Jedi Council Dude. in like the High Republic. He would have been amazing. That would have been sick. Yeah, like I would that he would have been so good at that. To bring that kind of commanding sort of thing into yeah, like a, a Jedi Master of some kind. Because the way he played the police chief in Bosch, it would have been you know he was very, um, he was very calculated, very ambitious. But he also he also would keep people from doing things that they were ambitious about if it was going to mess with him. And so you could see like in the high Republic when the Sith threat isn't as big or whatever, that he could play a role where he's kind of like, you know, keeping them from going too far into it. Maybe, right. you know, kind of keeping them from doing the things that they want to do, but also still a good guy, but just not going to like 
It's almost, which is kind of how they were with the Jedi Council, you know, yeah. in, in the in the prequels. Honestly, they didn't. That's do a good point. Job. Huh. Yoda kind of dropped the ball a little bit. A little bit. You know, dropped it the foot that he would have dropped the ball. Yeah, exactly. Because he's short. That's a yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He is a short fella. Very much so. Uh, but yeah. So. Uh. Rest in peace. Yeah, Lance Reddick, you'll be missed. Um, and I'm definitely going to watch some more Bosch, and I'll try to make it through The Wire again. Even though you know The Wire is a great show, I just it's 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 a little dated. Like the first season's pretty good, and the second season does not do as well, and then it picks back up. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely going to be watching some of his stuff in, in remembrance, and and hope y'all are too. And you know, he was part of a really big series, uh, you know, really big movie series. Um, we're talking about today because today we're geeking out about. John Vick. John Bob, Wick. Baba Yaga. The right? Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. The, the boogie man. You so, know, I heard uh, he once killed three men with a pencil. I've heard that too. Yeah, it's I've, been a rumor going around. So, I really like John Wick. I know you do too. Like, we are, um, we love action movies. And yeah. we love, like, really well done movies. I was going to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him, uh, Lance's portrayal of his actor of his uh, character in hopefully imagine he's in, in it he is. He in? okay good yeah. all right very good yeah I'm pretty sure i saw him in the in one of the trailers or something yeah, yeah. He, you know it's funny because in that acting range going back to lance reddick for a second in that acting range you know he plays such a commanding boss man you know yeah. i'm the boss and then he's kind of like just the clerk you know at yeah. the continental the concierge, the concierge yeah. at the continental he doesn't really have that much power over anything and he plays that really well too Right. Kind of like a more subservient, like, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm kind here of to help. I'm a side character sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, he, he gets some stuff done though. And yeah, yeah he does. Didn't, what, he used to, he shoot some folks in episode. Um, in, in the third one. In the third one. That's right. Yeah. 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 So John Wick, assassin for, you know, this hitman, assassin cartel thing, right? Like. It almost, it almost kind of gives like, you know. It's a, it's a, a worldwide crime syndicate, syndicate yeah. or, and not even necessarily, I guess, crime, but just, well, they are. I mean, yeah, they they kill people and assassinate people. I guess, like, yeah, I guess it would be a crime syndicate. Well, I think the crime syndicate. I think that, like it's like a crime syndicate. Like obviously, I think there's like twelve families, and there's a place called the High Table, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like the governing body, like the Illuminati of right. that crime syndicate. So I imagine they do all like the the typical bad guy things like they have the packages wrapped in tape full of white powder and they, you know, they, they fence cars or they do whatever. So they make their money that way, but then there's just so many assassins and they're all involved. There's all these, that's just to keep everybody in check too. Cause you know, again, at any moment, anybody anywhere, you know, within, you know, a couple minutes, there's probably someone near you that could, you know, get a, you know, the buzz on their phone, they look at it and they have a picture of your face. Well, it sure seems and now like you're, that. now you're their target. It sure seems like that since, like, you know, when the people do get the buzz, like you see it in the, in the movies, yeah. they're like, oh, man, like every other person's got a phone on them. You know, I yeah. love the mystique of that world. I love that it's almost, it's alternate universe, really. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it is. Because when you watch it originally, when you watch the first one, right, we see him and we see him looking sad because his wife dies from cancer and then she gets him a puppy dog, right? And he yeah. loves the puppy dog. Who doesn't love puppy dogs? Yeah, cute little beagle. Cute little beagle Daisy. R.I.P. Baby Daisy. Because cause then what's old, you know, God, what's his name? 
Theon Greyjoy from from, oh, yeah. from Game of Thrones comes in and he just really Being wants that wants that muscle car, right? And they try to teach him a lesson. And I like that it's a revenge movie. Everybody likes revenge movies because they make so many of them, right? Right. But whenever I see someone, you know, once they realize, once uh, the the leader Vigo or whatever his name is realizes mm-hmm. what they've done, he's like, "That was no, you know, that was somebody." That was nobody. He wasn't yeah. a nobody. That's John. That's Baba Yaga. That, that's John. That was John Wick's car. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, this guy's such a bad guy. Like, he's a bad A guy, right? Like, yeah. he can kill everybody. Whenever movies do that, sometimes it takes me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Because it's so overdone. Right. It's always overdone. You know, like, you see that with, like, The Equalizer, or you see that with, uh, what's the one with Bob Odenkirk? Like, Nobody, I think. Oh, right. Like, it's always just like, it's like some guy and I just want to be left alone, right? Yeah. But that's like the whole thing with him. His thing is like a little bit more impressive because, or it's a little bit more uh, compelling for me because, you know, he got out of the life for his wife, who then dies after like only five years. Mm-hmm. And then now he's having to like go back in and then he keeps having to do task upon task. Yeah. He, and, the only thing he wants is to not be in that life. It's, it's what he wants, but then yeah. it's the only thing he knows. And it yeah. does a better job of that being the only thing he knows than other things. You know, like you watch History of Violence with Viggo Mortensen or whatever. Like I like that one because he's really, he really, really, really tries not to get back into it. But then he shows up and then people talk about him. You know, people always like, oh, that's the guy. That's the really bad dude. That's the Watch tough- out for him. Yeah. But in this world, every there's so many tough dudes. Yeah. Right. There's lots of people like him. There are lots of people like him. And in the first one, we don't get as much story building. But yeah. they did such a good job when they it set kind of up. Built a little bit of a foundation just on John's character. In the Continental. Yeah, and then there's just a little bit of teasing of here and there. This There's this idea of the Continental mm-hmm. and the high table and yeah. such. But they kind of just did a little bit of it. And then it it wasn't until the second one where they, yeah, like add all the exposition for the the continental and the high table and that there's you know there are continentals all over the world Mm -hmm. and it's much bigger and much grander than we initially thought it was yeah and like even when he opens up so you know after his dog dies and he he's like well time to break out the gats again you know and then he for some reason he poured a slab of concrete on it he breaks through that you know maybe just a trap door would have worked john wick but maybe it was just too easy to get to it or whatever maybe it was one of those that he he you know, committed to sealing that part of his life away. It may have been more just significance or uh, symbolism for himself kind of thing that I'm, I'm, I'm pouring the concrete and I'm sealing this part of my life away forever. And it's just there, but maybe because he is so smart with, you know, the mindset that it is also just concrete. And I do also just have a sledgehammer, you know, here in my downstairs <laughs> work areas, just in case. Well, you just sold me on that. The fact that he sealed it off is very, that is a very um, it, symbolic, sy- symbolic like gesture there, right? So that yeah, was, that's I like how that. I took that. Is that yeah? He was just yeah, do, playing the, putting the slab over it to seal that part of his life away. I was just like, that's a lot of work. I wouldn't have done that because I'm too lazy. But yeah, he, I'm he also didn't, that shows me he didn't have any intention on pulling that stuff back out. It's a good point. That is a very good point, and it's almost like he's reaching down into his soul when he does it. When he pulls it out, and you see all the weapons. We get that a lot. You know, we see that in Jason Bourne. We see that in, like, yeah. you know, there's always, like, a box full of cool guns. His guns are really cool, though. Like, they're actually, like, people that like guns like his guns, right? Yeah. Like, they're very well, like, like, oh, 
that's like if I was going to have an assassin gun, I would set my guns up like that. Yeah. I would have that that Walther. I would have that. It's, it's not some gun. really fictional kind of just over dramatic, over dramatized weapon of some kind or whatnot. That it, yeah, you look at your oh, that's all just real actual stuff. Yeah. it's highly modified and you know precision and uh, high quality gear and weapons and things, but it's it's real stuff. Yeah, though that's because that's one thing that I didn't like about. Um, I like I don't I don't hate it, but when I see it in a movie, I'm like, well, it's just a pistol and a silencer. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Or you see they have some a pistol or something, but you can tell there's like some plastic overmolding or piece oh, or something yeah. that they put on it to make it look like some spacey kind of deal or whatever. I'm like, I can tell that that's. Uh, you had actually mentioned to me uh, before we recorded too that. A good instance of something like that was the the AK forty seven in in uh, Andor. In Andor. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm a huge and like uh, Star Wars Andor. That's kind of the, I guess a, the opposite that there's a, a future space thing, but it's just a basic. Yeah, and Star thing. Star Wars did that really well, where they made their guns like not like over the top, you know, like they were real guns that were heavily modified. In, in the fictional uh, world of Star Wars, like looking at it, you know, obviously, you know, blasters aren't real stuff, but in their world and their stuff, you look at it and you're like, okay, that, that makes sense. feels like it has weight to it, yeah. that kind of thing. I'm a huge Andor apologist. I love Andor. It's one of my favorite Star Wars show. I love it, love it, love it, love it. The only thing I really had an issue with the whole time was the fact that they had like an AK-47. Yeah. One, but that was not modified that well. It looked like a like a new, not even like an old school AK. It was like a, a new like yeah. AK, black poly, like furniture AK forty seven or like an AK one hundred four or something. And I was like, ah, yeah. that, that that disappointed me. But for you know when he also so when John Wick also pulls that slab out, we also see all those gold coins in there. Yeah, there's like stacks and stacks of gold coins. And I think that was, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Gold, you know, kind of interesting way to do it, you know, whatever. But then as we go along, as, as this world building has progressed, it turns out like the gold doesn't really have any monetary value. It's not really. Uh, it, it's it's about. It's for, about, yeah, for the value of the gold itself. It's not for the value of the gold. It's for, it's the, um, it is a. It is for the, like, a social, it's like a social, like, interaction. Like, that's what the coin has to do with. Right. It's, it's like the, the idea of, like, connection, right? right? And so the people you, you, that within this, the you, people within this have it, yeah. it's almost like a connection. It's a symbolism thing. kind of thing that, you know, like, if somebody has one of, if they somehow have one of these coins, you know that they're in on stuff. Exactly. And they can pay you with it, and you understand, yeah. like, it's a connection-based thing. Granted, I did think I looked up one time, like, someone tried to figure out what in in you know real uh, gold to usd conversion like what one of those coins would be worth like i don't exactly remember it was, but i thought it was like ten thousand dollars or something though so it still ain't nothing to shake a stick at no they're big like so, they're big yeah. like tokens like you would get at a casino or something like yeah. that they're they're decent sized yeah but that's what it's all about it's like the it's the idea of the connection so the gold coins aren't necessarily like there's not like a Real like they the people aren't going to the store and using it to buy bread and then yeah, it's you not would, your like uh Sacagawea or like uh your second your gold dollar the gold yeah. dollar sort of thing yeah it's it's all about the connection like being in that world once you're in the yeah. world once you're in the game this is like one of the things you give over as like a connection for it yeah and I thought that was really cool because that's in the first one and I wonder if they even had that fully fleshed out. You know, if they just had ideas about what they want to do for number two and number three right. and number four, right? And when you get the, um, when you see it later on, you start to understand it a little bit more. 
is so cool as it, oh, it's there. And I'm guessing what I would assume is they didn't really have it all fleshed out, except that, you know, he gives it over and you're like, Oh, it's just a gold coin, mm-hmm. but it gets really well fleshed out later. I think that's yeah, they it. really dive into that and they, you know, there's a small little scene on one of the rooftops um, where they're talking about, you know, making more gold coins and how they are passable as real ones and stuff. And they're, so they're like, I think they're like replicas. And so, but they were like, you know, wanting to circulate them out in, in their kind of, in the populace and stuff. So I guess there's even a counterfeiting thing with the gold coins themselves. It doesn't seem like a smart idea in a crime syndicate full of assassins. Yeah. I mean, hey. But then a lot of people try to take on John Wick too. And that doesn't seem like a smart idea either. It does not. He does not. It's not smart. It's not a smart thing to do. No. Um, You know, so, f- you know, he gets, his, he gets his guns, gets his gold, goes to town, yeah. does his thing says i'm back you know yeah and it's fun to see and it's fun to see like he's he starts having to do the same thing over and over he he winds up he's he's back to kill and you can see though I, I do like how they again they keep some of that some of the realism to it where you can like it almost portrays that he has been out of it for a while because some of the stuff is a little sloppy you know the first he, one and, and like even through all of them it, i like that this theme carries about that he doesn't just like, you know, Neo style, like, you know, Kung Fu Matrix, like just or, you know, instantly, you know, take people down without, you know, breaking a sweat or, you know, with with no, you know, with just ultimate ease, you know, taking them down, you know, the fake Steven Seagal style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind yeah, of like, kind like, of deal. Like hop keto kind. Of, well, I think that's yeah. that I think that like the Matrix that was a product of like the 1990s, you know, like karate and taekwondo or such well, a big and deal. Then that was the whole, you know, they're in a fake world so you can do anything. That's true too, but for those like, you yeah. know, they they weren't they're not like necessarily the best real world martial arts. And now right, the people right. have now that it's become more prevalent, you have things like the UFC where people are fighting. Yeah. And jiu-jitsu has become so much more relevant and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, a big BJJ practitioner here, but so, um, the, when you see that, I do like the, he brought the Machado brothers in, right. Yeah. He's got the Machado brothers. He trained Sambo. He trained judo. You know, I love seeing the picture of him and his jujitsu gi with, uh, with a white belt on, you right. know, and it's, it's just, that's, that's awesome. That you're like, Oh, you're, you're legit training. And I've seen a, a handful of clips too, of like behind the scenes of him, uh, practicing the choreography with some of the fight scenes and the one I saw one uh, the other day or something of, of uh, back behind the scenes for the new one uh, for John Wick Four. Oh, also, full disclosure: this episode where so John Wick uh, Four comes out, I believe this Friday, and so this is uh, pre-recorded. So we're recording this right before it comes out. We've not seen it. Yeah, we haven't seen it, but by the time this episode comes out, I will have seen it. And we'll have a full review, yeah. So I may, at some point, uh, insert my opinion or review in this episode. Okay. I, I, I may do that. Um, actually, yeah, I'll uh, input my thoughts about it right here. So welcome to my past, future uh, self. We'll go with that. I saw John Wick 4 yesterday with a few friends initial reactions or reviews i guess and i'll try to keep this as uh spoiler free as possible for anyone who hasn't seen it yet um i really liked it i definitely think it may have been the best out of the four as all the reviews are saying the action was definitely ramped up for sure 
it had uh, some of the best action scenes I've seen in a movie to date, I would say, confidently. Um, and a good mix of action. Some uh, good gunplay on that front, good kind of driving action scenes, uh, fighting in the streets, your kind of high sort of fast, you know, martial arts kind of action um, with the implementation of one of the new characters played by Donnie Yen. He was really good in the movie. I feel like the story was well thought out, and uh, I will, again, not go too in-depth into that for spoiler reasons. I will just say I I liked what they did with the story. It, it was a little rough when we saw Lance Reddick in the movie, his character as the concierge of the New York Continental. His part even in this movie was was still uh, masterfully done, so props to him. I really liked the locations of the movie. I mean, we see this in the trailers, particularly uh, part of it takes place in Japan. It was really awesome watching that because I saw it with my wife and we were both pointing out uh, places that we had seen in some of the videos we've been watching about Japan. They were like, oh, we recognize that billboard or that part of town or this monument. So that was kind of cool to see some things that we both had recognized. Overall, I would definitely give it an A+. If I had to give it a rating of some kind, I will definitely be watching it a few more times. I don't know if I'll see it in the theater again. Depends. But uh, definitely when it comes out for rental or streaming, I will watch it a few more times because there's a few of the action scenes that I would like to maybe, you know, go over a little slower and kind of dissect them a little bit. But yeah, it was good. Go see it. Alrighty, let's go back to my past past self. Interesting. And we're back. That's interesting. Okay. Well, cool. So, uh, it, from going back into the past where I am now, um, before I've seen it, I have heard that it is the best one. I've heard it's the best action, one of the best action movies ever done. Yeah, it's not only like the best John Wick, but it's one of the best, yeah, like action movies in general of our time. And I can think of a lot of action movies. Yes. Yeah. I can think of a lot of action movies. And the fact that some people have said... John Wick 4 is, which is something you don't get a lot. Usually mm. when we get to the fourth iteration of something. Yeah, for real. Oh. By the time, usually in a third one, it's going downhill. Yes. You know, and so, yeah, like the first one will be good. The second one will often kind of build on, you know, what was good from it. And then they try to just take it too far by the third one. And it kind of goes downhill after that. Um. So the fact that they've got, uh, that also speaks to like a labor of love where sometimes I worry, and we've talked about this a lot of times on the geek ETC podcast where people have got greedy. And so they don't put as much effort in because they know we're just going to consume the product because it has a name. John wick four would still sell a bunch of tickets, even if it was garbage, just because people want to see John. Right. Wick 4. The fact that people are saying John wick four is the best ever means that people are really like the people that are doing it have some type of like labor of love from it. And I think one of the executive producers is actually a stunt man who worked with John with, with Keanu Reeves <laughs> in the matrix, right? Yes. Yeah. There was a, a, one of the guys that worked with him in that has worked with him for many years. It was a stunt. Yeah, double yeah, matrix. yeah. Yeah. Came over and uh, worked with him in John Wick stuff. Well, he's so, one of the, exact, they, he's yeah. like a boss man too. Yeah. Like he's one of the boss. Men. So they have a really good relationship between them. And I was watching a, a clip with Keanu and he was taught, this is just going on st talking about stunt people for a second. 
Keanu was like asked, like, what do you think is your most like do you do you like doing stunts? And Keanu was like, I don't do stunts, I just do action. And I was like, Oh, I get it, because I think Keanu Reeves has such a deep respect for stuntmen mm-hmm. because we know like in the Matrix movies, he's he gave a lot of money to stunt folks. Right. Out of his actual salary. And I imagine, I don't know for sure. But it sounds like he probably gave some bonuses to people in John Wick or something like that. Right. But he also does a ton of his own action. He's obviously training. He's yeah, doing I mean, he gets out there in trains. Like, I mean, a lot of people have seen, you know, all the circulated uh, videos of him with uh, a Terran, Terran Tactical, tactical running yeah. the, the course of fire with the, the pistols and the rifles and stuff and, you know, pinging all the targets and everything. And that's always cool for a, a shareable clip. It is. And yeah. so it's, it's super neat that he does that. I think, but... What, when he said, like, I don't do, I'm not a stunt person, I was like, oh, he's humble enough to be like, I'm not one of those guys. Like, those guys are out there putting their body on the line. Yeah. They're the They're un- putting their lives underused. People get killed in, as stunt folks. And I think he, he, like, some actors are like, I do my own stunts, right? But they don't do all of them, right? They, have, mm-hmm. they still have stunt folks occasionally, unless you're Tom Cruise. But yeah. Tom Cruise is like an immortal being, yeah. you know, held up by the Church of Scientology or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for a lot of people, the, insurance on the film wouldn't let the main actors do their stunts. Yeah. You know, because it'd be a liability kind of thing. I, it just sounded like to me when, when Keanu answered that question, I was like, Oh, I, to me, Keanu will like never say that he does his own stunts or is a stunt person because those st- things that need to be stunts are done by stunt folks. And he doesn't do those. I think he has such a great respect. And that was like, Oh, well, good guy. Keanu, of course. Yeah. There you go. The meme came from somewhere. <laughs> it did. It really did. Gotta love that guy. Yeah. So I love, especially like all the jujitsu scenes, obviously all the rolling and like, you know, I, as a Brazilian jujitsu practitioner, you know, people talk about, so there's, there's gi jujitsu, which is the kimono, right? Yeah. That you see like in, in judo, yeah. right? It's the same, same exact gi essentially. And there's no gi jujitsu, which is more wrestling. Right. Uh, look, it's got more of a wrestling look to it where you've got shorts. And, yeah, they often and have the kind of compre- rash compression rash guards. You've got a stuff. rash guard that you wear, then you got your shorts. And, you know, I usually wear spats or whatever. Wearing my spats right now from training today. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, they're wearing those things, and people will say, well, you hear some people who are like, I don't like gi jujitsu because it's not realistic, but people wear clothes because there's a lot of chokes and there's a lot of stuff in that. Yeah. And you see that sometimes with him where he's using people's jackets and lapels. They actually, that's yeah, what's about out. the Machado brothers, you know, the Machado brothers, obviously, you know, they're very good at jujitsu period, but you know, they they have a lot of good, really gi jujitsu. So it's fun seeing him do like chokes and like these, these kind of ju- the more judo throws that you see from that on top of like actual wrestling moves and other things like big throws. I, I like that, like the, the, the martial arts geek in me for that, you know, as a practitioner, as somebody that enjoys, you know, competing. That's why I like seeing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that there is a, a a good amount of even beyond the shooting and stuff, the hand to hand combat of just like you know wrestling a knife away from somebody and it being a struggle, you know, and getting cut up a little bit in the process, you yep. know, it not just being like you just you know ninja karate chop it out of their hand and then you know hit them in the throat or whatever. Like you're like grabbing the wrist and he's like, you know, trying to rip the knife out of their hands and then stabbing them with it kind of stuff. Oh yeah, There's brutal. A, yeah, it, I love that. It's too. a very yeah, very brutal movie. If you haven't seen it and you know you're you're interested in it, but you're kind of squeamish. There's definitely a handful of parts that 
are a little tough to watch. Oh, I, like in the first one, you know, the, the there's the big jacked dude, you know, the big jacked Russian dude that comes at him in the hot tub yeah. area, you know, like in the sauna. And, you know, John hits him like three or four times. He does like a zipper a, drill and just. Yeah, he shoots him three or four times with a pistol in the chest and the guy kind of seizes up. And John doesn't have time for that. So he just puts one right through the nose, you know, blows out the back yeah. of his head. And he just falls backwards. Yeah, he falls backwards and John's. Moving on along, you know? Yeah. And then lots of, you know, multiple instances, like I said, with, with pencils that are pretty rough. But, hey, I mean, it would work. Yeah. it would. If put, you put a pencil through somebody's ear canal into their brain, that'll kill them. That won't. Mm. Most likely, it'll kill them. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool if you, like, could break it and all the splinters could go in there. Oh, man. Like, it probably would. Or what if, if it was, you know, like, one of, uh, like a lead pencil. You stick it in, then you just start clicking the, <laughs> <laughs> the eraser over and over again. <laughs> and it just it's very slowly starts to What if that through. was it? What if that was, like, because, like, was it the first or second one he kills somebody with a pencil? And it's a throwback to, yeah. to Vigo saying, yeah. I want some killing them with a pencil, right? And then imagine, imagine like, in the third or the fourth one, he's got him down, and he's just... He's just, just clicking click, click, a mechanical click, pencil, click. clicking it, clicking it, clicking it, clicking it, click it through like a guy's nose, you know? And then it breaks, and then he just, like, pulls his oh. hand back and stabs him in the eye. Right. Or one of those old... IRS uh, guys. The, we'll, we'll write stuff for you. Yeah. One of the, you know those pencils that uh, used to have the little inserts that there was, like, you know, nine oh, of them in the thing? Yeah. And once it eventually got dull, you'd take it out and put it in the back of it, yeah. and it would push the next one out. And so he just has a pocket full of those little things and just sticks them in the back <laughs> until it just overflows. <laughs> That would be a good, like, that'd be like a really, like, you know, one of those poorly done YouTube videos where it's just like a white, like, it's like a white circle type person, you know, like a stick figure. Oh, but They're yeah. obviously playing that character. That would be a funny, like, gif of that. Like him. True. Just like shoving <laughs> those in. Those over and over and over again. <laughs> Hilarious. That's pretty good. Um, So, yeah, the combat, the hand-to-hand combat is is superior, and it's it's very... It keeps your attention, and I, I it's one of the best. Like I liked some of the combat in, uh, you know, Jason Bourne. That was one of the the uh, back when that came out. That kind of caught me in a similar way. It was gritty. There was some yeah. gritty. There was definitely there was some, some gritty, gritty to stuff. It. And some of the fight scenes, like that one fight scene, I remember. I think it was in the second one. Be they're like just in a small little bathroom, and he's got like a bath towel, like a hand towel, and like you know, wrapping it around his arms, kind of stuff, and then slamming his head into the bathroom sink, kind of thing or the toilet or something, and it's just, yeah, it's very brutal and very rough and everything, but I think they did a good job, but similarly, I, I think that they did a great job in the John Wick series with that combat. Well, Jason Bourne's scary because it's like, oh, the CIA might be actually out there doing this kind of thing, but it's, true. we know for sure that there's not like a high council assassin mm, guild. You say that. I do. I got rid of all of them. Oh, my gosh. But So we know that like that doesn't exist, because not every other person's an assassin, you know, like... Uh, I've seen the homeless folks around here. They're not. No, <laughs> yeah, they're around here definitely not. <laughs> they don't have guns, and they're not like. Yeah, they don't work for an air. Uh, what's his name? The Bowery uh, King, Lance Fish, Lance Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Jeez, yeah, they're not working for Lawrence Fishburne no. around, in, in our area for sure. Yeah. Um, but in Jason Bourne, it's like, oh, this is like this could actually happen. It probably has happened. You know, where the CIA right. is just out of control and doing stuff for the NSA or whoever. But yeah. in this one, it's nice because there's really, I don't even think, is there really cops in the second or third one? Mm. Everybody chased them as just bad guys. I don't, now that you mention it, like it's been a minute since I've seen it, but I don't recall like any cops. The first one, I think, I'm pretty sure in episode, like the first one, the cop comes to his house after he kills like the Oh, yeah, that people. cops, yeah, shows up there. He just, he's you, just like, you working again? Yeah. You know, kind of looking past him and, 
everything all right in here. They obviously the police know who John Wick is and know what he does. Yep. But and that lends itself to yeah. being like, oh, this is kind of like a self regulating thing, and that's probably the reason why yeah. it has such a like hierarchy and like Illuminati type thing. Right. You know, it's just like, um, with like the Mexican drug cartels, for example. You know, like there's there's something to not getting that much attention. Like they killed those two Americans recently, mm. a few weeks ago, and the Mexican drug cartel sent an apology, and then they they put together like all the dudes who had. These are the guys responsible yeah. for it from their own thing, oh, which yeah. maybe they were. I don't know if anything actually happened to them or whatever, right. but they did that because, you know, killing certain people is not good for business. And that's another thing. When, when John Wick is running and gunning and blasting and, you know, shooting, he is not killed. Like, there's no people getting hit by stray bullets. No, he's like, oh, yeah, he, he follows the, the four firearm safety rules. <laughs> yeah, he always knows what's beyond his target. And he yeah. never, there's not, I don't think there's been a scene in the show. And I think that's one of the things that kind of doles us to it because they're getting in gunfights in crowds of people more than once. Heavily crowded people. Lots of clubs and bathhouses yeah. and all that. My stuff. dude's at the Red Rock or whatever, you yeah. know, like he's at an open concert and he's, yeah. you know, shooting people in these really close up gunfights and no, no bystanders are getting hit. And I think that. Right. That makes it more palatable for us too to watch such a violent movie. As long as no good people, yeah. At least there's only the bad guys. You know, only yeah. the bad guys got brutally shot in the face, brutally blowing out the back of their skulls and stuff. Man, yeah. what? A, so the gunplay. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Moving beyond the the hand to hand combat and stuff into the the gunplay and stuff. I gotta say, I mean, obviously, me and you both, we've seen lots of movies yes. with guns in them and lots. shooting and stuff, and. We're, we're sticklers, kind of. We like to see right. like accurate gunplay. And, and for, for most of our lives, it's been, you know, in any movie, and we've watched a bunch of them together, that we're like, eh, well, that's wrong. You're doing that wrong. And I, I can't help it. Like, I try no. not to do that when I'm watching movies, like, with my wife or, you know, some family or whatever kind of thing. But I, sometimes I can't help it. I'm just like, he, he just clicked on a safety on a Glock that doesn't, exactly. that gun doesn't have a safety. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it's stuff like that. I'm like, oh, it's why did he need to cock? Why is it? Why do I keep hearing the cocking you, you, sound? You've seen him pull up like an AR and it goes yeah. like a shotgun. I'm like, what did you even do? Well, I was kind of like your gun. Like, uh, well, didn't I kind of get you into like that kind of stuff? We like accurate weapon handling and everything. You d- you definitely feel that fire. I definitely did. Like I, I had a, you know a little interest stuff, but our early friendship, yeah, you like poured gasoline all over it and lit it up. Yeah, like and this is this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> yes. So it is so nice to see, like, you know, obviously they have decent firearms people working on their uh, movies. Yeah, if, if it's, like, it's such a breath of fresh air. I think that's another reason why I love these movies so much. It's such a breath of fresh air to see the gun stuff be like, oh, okay, yeah, all that. He's doing stuff right. Yes. Very, like, they've got the so many neat guns yeah down to the, the guns themselves are all yeah real stuff they talk about them and everything but even like the weapon manipulation you know how you would load things um I, and i i've i feel like there's been a handful of scenes too where i've like just because i'm curious he'll be going through and i would count the rounds that mm-hmm. he shot you know and then he reloads and i'm like okay that was right that was right yeah yeah like that should only hold 17 rounds or 18 and you know if you yeah. got one in the chamber like whatever like i oh yeah, yeah i i think about that all the time i think about yeah. that um especially when he's got like a rifle or something cuz yep. really in most movies ammo doesn't matter until we need yeah. a, we need a point you need of, a stressful point to happen yes. like you need a moment of, of stress and anxiety to show up 
you know, thus, oh no, my gun jammed or it's clicks, it's out of ammo, you know, so it, that's the cause for a, a tense moment to happen in the movie and not just like, oh, I'm out, I just got to reload. Well, that's what I love about it because he is yeah. constantly reloading, which is every single time he does that, there is a chance for failure and he keeps yeah. doing it and uh, it keeps lasting. I know he said his favorite gun was just pistols. He likes pistols mm-hmm. in general. He thinks like they're the most personal guns yeah. to use and so that was like his favorite personally to use and it was his favorite for the movie. He thinks John Wick would love right. handguns specifically the most. And well, they're, you know, being an assassin or spy and stuff, you know, they're concealable. You can hide them away. You know, they're not overt. A lot of the this, you know, classiness about being in the continental stuff, you, it's a, there's a lot of class in it. And so you got to be presentable. You got to be sleek and slim and, you know, fancy looking. And if you've got a freaking Benelli, you know, just hanging out on your back, that doesn't really suit the look. No, but we do see the Benelli a few times. Yeah. But that is, well, that's another thing. Just the aesthetic of the people in there. Everybody looks good. Everybody's oh, the fashion and the aesthetic nice. in these movies is like, it, it makes me just want to buy a bunch of dress shirts just because I feel like I'm always like underdressed, like yeah. for daily life. I'm like, man, everybody in here looks good and looks fancy. I'm like, I want to look fancy. Yeah. Except for like the homeless people, like the Bowery King folks. They're, yeah. But that's done with purpose. That's done with purpose. That's done as like, they're the most spy-like out of anybody. Oh, for but. sure. Yeah. The um, seeing them, seeing like the like the way everybody looks, like you get that kind of you get this mobster feel without the classic mobster tropes, right? Oh, interesting. You know, you get that kind of like mobster feel where everybody's, hey, Vinny, let's dress nice. Hey, I got my suit on. Yeah. You know, like that thing. You know, nothing against Italian Americans who are mobsters. Yeah. Um, maybe you shouldn't be, but the like, there's there's something to that. Like you know, like. You see that kind of like they're all they're they're dressed up, but like none of it's like it's all really nice. It's all like Italian suits. There's no like yeah. people with like it, there's it, a few people with the gold chains hanging out, but yeah, you can tell that it's all like bespoke stuff. I think that's the key is that anything that like the main characters are wearing is made for them by a tailor or you know a uh, a cobbler or whatever you know that make the shoes and, and and things. That yeah, it's all bespoke. Um, stuff and bullet resistant which is huge also too. yeah aligned with a, a very a very flexible bullet resistant lining god that would hurt so bad oh it would it, yeah that oh, would it hurt so bad it would break ribs it would you know I, I obviously i guess the main thing is just to stop the penetration of the bullets but the impact from that is still gonna beat you to crap yeah it yeah. would be it would be debilitating you take a oh yeah you take a like a 22 caliber pistol round in the liver and good luck with that yeah you know like even in like a bullet, re- well, not to mention if you had a full vest on. Like if you had like yeah. a actual like level two or level three vest on, and you took a twenty two round, it wouldn't feel no. But but when they're running around with forty fives and those things are thumping into you, oh, oh yeah, that's going to put you down regardless. You know, and obviously it wouldn't kill you. You know, if you have the right protection, but it's it's going to de- debilitate you for sure. I'm a I'm a huge fan of the way that they look, and I'm a huge fan like. Yeah. Even when, even here's the other thing, even the blades they use. Oh yeah. When we talk about, you know, we see them with knives. Yeah. Like some of the people with knives, you know, you see them out pulling out like, you know, seal pups and like old steel weapons. and Right. They've like got microtechs. Microtechs and like actual interesting yeah. knives. Not just like, oh, there's a run of the mill. Or just, yeah, a basic fixed blade or K-bar or something. Or, yeah, the K-bar. Or like yeah. The, the chef's knife or like anything. Yeah. Like that, or just some a basic unknown thing. You look at it, and th- I mean that's the thing. They they did a a very 
it, like it wasn't so subtle, but I didn't mind the like brand plugs that they slipped in there and stuff. No, I didn't like he either. pulls out the Microtech, and you know it's an out the front knife, but you can you can like see you can tell what it is, mm-hmm. and like with the same with the Glocks and the Benellis and all that stuff. And yeah, but I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah, they don't make that. You know, it's it's more palatable. Like I'm saying palatable twice in the show, but it's more palatable for me to see that than like you know a Coke or a Pepsi, right? But, you know. Well, that's the thing. I don't want to drink Coke or Pepsi and stuff. I'm like, I know that's just full of corn syrup and it's going to kill me, but ooh, that knife's pretty cool. I could have fun, you know, flicking that knife in and out or, you know, going to the range with the gun. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the well, especially those salient arms ones. When you see the cutouts, yes. you know, you, you see the, so some of those pistols, they have those cutouts all over it to lighten the weight. They're, they're, most of the guns in, in the, in the thing, in the movies, yeah. a lot of them, because T- Taron Butler, Taron Tactical, have their grounding in, like, competition three-gun competition shooting. Competition shooting, yeah. Which is blown up, right? So with, like, with all of the internet, all the stuff we have on the internet, it's the same way, like, you know, karate and kung fu have kind of, like, not been as cool as because people see that they don't, they're not really that effective in that situation. Right. Right? Because now you see people, you saw Hoist Gracie go out and see one. Like that stuff exists now, right? And the same thing with like weapons. Like, you know, used to it was like, oh, that guy's got a Beretta. Like every every show, it was like a bad guy with a Beretta. You know, Beretta ninety two because it was because yeah. the United States Army that was our standard issue sidearm, and so yep, there were a lot of them for use. There were a lot of them made, and Hollywood had a bunch. So now, when you're seeing like these Glocks that are like these competition pistols, I mean, yeah. obviously they would work well as anything else, but you see these salient arms. I love the look of like that gold, the gold lettering and stuff on the black gun. Uh-huh. You can see through the cutout. You see like the gold barrel, like the, all those. And the gear that he wears, some of the gear he wears is legitimately just three gun shooting. Stuff. Yeah, all all the stuff he had, you can tell that he's yeah was into that uh, speed or that competition stuff because the down to like the. The loaders for the shotgun the shells. The shotgun, that's, the, that, that's what I'm saying, the shotgun shell. Yeah. The way he looked, loads it two at a time mm-hmm. uh, from the bottom With and that stuff. extra yeah. one still on the side. Yeah, so he can do like a, quickly go in. Yep. Yeah. And they don't make shotguns like, I mean, the, he uses them mainly up close, but he's, they're still like, don't, don't, like he's, yeah. he's doing stuff with it. It's you know? stumpy. Like the shot, again, real world, like we see shotguns in video games and tabletop RPG and like movies and a 12 gauge is going like five yards and then past that you're fine. You yeah. know, you're, you're, but that's not how it's shotgun, a short distance. No shotguns don't work like that. There's a reason why the Germans, why the Wehrmacht were like, stop using shotguns in world war one mm-hmm. because they're, they're not, they are devastating yes. for the most part. And, um, they go out a decent range. You know, you're, you're talking 40 yards with yeah. a, with a, with double lot buck or triple lot buck. You're talking a hundred plus yards with, with a, a with a one inch slug. Yeah. And it's fun seeing him use those and manipulate those in ways where, like, it actually takes some skill. He couldn't, you know, it's not some. I used to be happy when I just saw somebody hold a gun correctly. Right. Right. When I just saw, when I didn't see somebody like hold it with I one saw, hand and I saw a screenshot the other day of a, screen, a screenshot from The Walking Dead of Michonne holding a 92 uh, Beretta. Beretta. And, almost, and it, was, it was like the most atrocious looking thing in the planet. Yeah. It's just like they got nothing right in that show with no. that stuff. It's a complete opposite. But no, and what's the main character? Rick was using like a forty-four magnum python. He was using like a three fifty-seven magnum, like 
that dude would have ran out of ammo so fast. Like oh, he yeah. would have had so much trouble finding 357 Magnum ammo in the, in the yeah. apocalypse. Filling up your speed loaders. Should have gone to a 9 mil, my friend. Yeah. Should have just switched over to like a 9 millimeter Glock or something like that. Like Smith and Wesson, whatever, CZ. Um, but all the guns look really pretty. Like they're all yeah. really well they, done. Like all the guns are just as nice as the way the people are dressed. That is true. You know, it kind of follows that, that if they're going to have the best bespoke clothing, they're going to have the best bespoke weaponry. Like the violin player, you know, you see her when she's, I think it's in the second or third one. when Down the know, subway. Down the subway and she's yeah. busking. And then, you know, she sees the contract, he walks past her and then she reaches into her violin and pulls out like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what kind of gun it is, but it's, it's got a yeah. compensator on it. Yeah, it's like it. a little pistol. Yeah, it's, it's, got just... like a little, it's got like a little <laughs> micro suppressor or compensator on yeah. it and it looks beautiful. Like it's like, a, oh, that's a, that's a cool looking gun. Like yeah. if you saw that in another movie, um, I think there used to be like a gun. Wasn't there like a gun website, like a gun IMDB? Yes. Uh, the That's what it's called. Is it gun IMDB? No, it's like the internet movie weapon database. Something. You uh, vamp while I look that up. It'll Inter- be, internet firearms movie database. Internet firearms like. movie data. IFMDB, whatever. <laughs> and it, it's one of those things where like, I, would, I remember I would see occasionally on like one one show yeah. i'd be like oh that's a cool looking gun so i'd want to know what it was yeah just to confirm you the imfdb the internet uh, movie firearms database and you can like type in a movie and you can see like every weapon that was used in it which is which is which is crazy neat. especially if you you know even if you're a person that's like i don't like guns guns are bad whatever if you're like a writer or something to that effect like if you're somebody who writes web you know and you see a gun in a movie that you think is neat and you want to throw that like you know you want to add that extra little bit of credibility to yourself Go ahead and um, try looking that up. But yeah, looking at John Wick, like, my God. <laughs> Look at CZs, Kimbers. I mean, like, there's so many nice guns in this. Right. And you, looking at them, like, you know, they have still shots of them from the movies. So it's fun seeing that kind of thing. It's fun seeing, like, all the stuff that they used. Yeah. Oh, it was a Kimber Solo. Well, nine, yeah. nine mil. See that? That's awesome. They, With a little micro suppressor on yeah. it, which is extra work, by the way. That person had to, they had to put a threaded barrel on that, right? Yep. They had to put a threaded barrel on that or something to that effect and put it in, in the movie, you know? That's awesome. The, uh, their, their armor deserves a lot of money, like deserves a huge, huge, you know, pay bump because they do such a good job with it. For sure. And they've not killed anybody on set, so. Ooh. Ooh. Baldwin, yeah, but so I will say this if you ever want to use IMF MDB or whatever you just <laughs> said, like even if you're just if you hate guns and you don't like guns but you like action movies or you're a writer, yeah, and maybe you just need to describe like one shootout, go there, look at look at those guns and see what you think. Like, you know, go to a movie, you're like, oh, that was a cool looking gun, yeah, or what, yeah. what does LAPD carry in this series or whatever, and go in there and yeah. look at it because it I think it has TV series and stuff as well. It has like everything, yeah. If you ever see anything in, in a movie or TV show and you're like, oh, that was cool, I wonder what that was he was using, yeah, you can look it up on there and it, it tells everything about it. The other thing that's kind of funny is like Taron, like Taron Butler, like some of these are like his actual Taron tactical like pistols and stuff like yeah. that. Which is like extra. Like, yeah, you know, he got a lot of promotion from that. Like everybody, after especially that first one, I remember um, everybody was, we don't want to be, have uh, Terran tactical stuff. Like the, the mag extension base plates and stuff were like out of stock all the time. Yeah, they were. Everybody wanted those things. Well, and it's funny because um, after John Wick or Scott, he's the same person. Keanu Reeves is not John Wick. Keanu Ke- Reeves is John Wick, Keanu, is Neo. Is Neo. Is Tom Sanders. Is Montana, what's his name? 
what's his name in uh the uh Bill and Ted? No, 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 no. Uh Johnny Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. I have no idea what you're talking about. From uh f- God, what's the movie with uh guy died from pancreatic cancer? Dirty dancing guy. Um you're looking him up. He played an FBI agent. Point Point Break. Point Break is the movie. He plays the FBI. He plays Johnny Utah. After Keanu Reeves like did that 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 viral YouTube video that was filmed at Terran Tactical. Yeah. Um, I've seen a ton of other actors who were. There's a ton. Like I I saw I forgot who it was. There was a it was a, it was a female actor, female actor. I what she like she's huge she did it like watching her do it was really cool i've seen several other actors who have yeah. been out at like taryn i've seen a lot of them of, of rogan going out there yeah to rogan's good friends with taryn as well and he he goes out there and shoots a bunch probably not more because in austin yeah now he's still good I, I, there was a, a video the other day oh really out there shooting yeah well anyways there you see i've seen a bunch of other actors going there and doing this kind of yeah, training. Yeah, because they saw it like, that looks fun. And I think people understand that, like, oh, maybe we need to step up our game. Because before, a lot of what we saw from, like, like combat footage or whatever was Hollywood. You know, yeah. like, if you watch a World War II footage, it's hard to see, like, actual, like, you see combat, right? We see guys standing up and shooting in one grand, and we see the painting going out, and we see artillery, but it's all black and white and blurry, and it's hard to tell. People wear GoPros on their heads now. Yeah. Right. People go wear GoPros on their heads fighting in Ukraine, Russia, and Iraq, and Afghanistan. Like we've seen that. And there's a lot of people, you know, who fought in the global war on terror who are, who, if they enjoy action movies, they want to see something like realistic. They don't want to, they, they don't, right. they're like, that's stupid. Like I don't like that. Like, yep. you know, even, even who somebody who was just a cook could do better than that. Right. And, and on top of that, John Wick with these movie series kind of almost set a standard you know, for action movie, you know, gunplay and fighting and all that stuff. Like, they kind of set a baseline that, like, a lot of people are, you know, who are into action movies are going to compare them to this. Yes. So it's going to make that, that when something doesn't look good or is kind of really fake or whatever, it's going to make it look that much more obvious. Well, I think of that, have you seen The Terminal List yet? Yes. With Chris Pratt? Okay, so you've seen The Terminal List. Very, very similar, right? Right. Except we're not in this, like, fantasy world, which is kind of what... This, I'm gonna be honest with you. John Wick's kind of a fantasy movie, yeah. right? It's it's kind of a fantasy world. It is New York City, but it's like yeah. a completely different thing. With like the Terminal List, the same as Jason Bourne. Like, oh, this is Navy SEAL. This is an interesting thing. Yeah. But we see the same thing. We see cool look. I mean, the, they they spend a lot of time on the weapons. Oh in that. yeah, they spend a lot of time on the weapons on that, and the the action was really well done because, you know, the people who are playing Navy SEALs really wanted to, you know, they, they have Navy SEALs working on the show and doing all that stuff. Yeah. And then you have, you know, it's even... based on the book who was written by a Navy yeah, SEAL. Yeah, he's a Navy SEAL himself, you yeah. know, so you have to do that. And then you have, like, um, what was that one movie before? Uh, the Men of Active Valor. That was, like, a movie. Oh, Remember yeah. that? That was every actor in it, like, that was on the team was an actual yeah. active duty or retired Navy SEAL. Yeah. And so... People now that now that you can just go watch on YouTube, you can watch three gun competitions. You can watch people yeah. doing it. If if people in the movies are handling weapons worse than Joe Blow, who has thirteen hundred dollars to buy a Terran Tactical and go to a competition, right? Right. If you're running weapons worse than them, the movie doesn't seem that good, right? Anymore. And when you and when you get like you know, there's you know the rise of popularity and you know a lot of 
uh, you know, gun personalities and stuff on, you know, YouTube or various other things. You've got things like T-Rex Arms, you know, Lucas Botkin on there, you know, maybe like Grand, yeah. Grand Thumb or something. But you can see these people, they just seem like other normal people running and gunning and doing this type of stuff. And, you know, more and more people are like, well, shoot, I want to get into this. Like, this is, like, and this is what real stuff looks like at least. Yeah. Social media, you know? social media, YouTube, you like, ob- so we've seen that even with like, we're starting to see that with video games sometimes too, you yeah. know, like escape from Tarkov, for example, oh, you God, know, yeah. that, that escape from Tarkov is like extremely brutal looter shooter. It's, it's equivalent of like a racing simulator, but for, yeah, like a, a, a looter shooter, Looter shooter. Yeah, because like you can you can really customize your guns. You they have all these attachments and you can make yeah. them look really cool. You can make them look like certain John Wick guns. All replicas and based off real world equipment and stuff. But yeah. but the gunsmithing that you can do in there is so much beyond like any type of gunsmithing that you can do in like a ghost recon, yeah. a Call of Duty or yeah. whatever. You know, like you if there's a rail there, you can keep putting stuff on that. I've seen some yeah. people that have put like twenty lights on a rifle before because they just kept adding rails to it yeah. and there's just like this giant and they turn it on and it's like the sun it's like somebody yeah. with the sun and they're blinding whoever they're fighting yeah it's we hilarious. need to play that some more Ooh, maybe God. do a recording of a of a raid that could be a good co-op therapy that could, could be a very good co-op therapy it would just be us dying a lot oh yeah it's, sure. hopefully you guys are cool with that <laughs> i mean i've been on twitch a couple of times killing twitch streamers but that's true um well, go. You know what? I want to go back before we run this too long. I do yeah. want to say that because I I do consider this a fantasy movie, fantasy series. Mm-hmm. You know, because if if you built a Dungeons and Dragons or cyberpunk or whatever, like you're really not that far off. Like just the way that the world building goes. Right. Like we have no idea who the president is. We don't care. We have no idea who's in the Senate. We right. don't care. We don't even know what year it is. We don't know what year it is. Right. All we know is there's like this really cool thing going on. With I, yeah, I don't think know if they even like mention that it's New York, in there or not. It might because it's continental. I think maybe like the continental of New York or whatever. Because he goes. Oh, out of, oh he does right. go to like Casablanca, that's right, that's right? right? He goes to to like you know Turkey Forgot and stuff. About that. But it really is like like an alternate universe thing, and I think that's it, it's not nobody, no innocent people get killed. Yeah. We have all these working. The tokens, the little like the little circular tokens that they use to like the blood pack things. The blood pack things. Those are yeah. so neat. Like the little needle right there on it. Yeah. And all the blood fingerprints look really cool, like on the metal. Like they're not perfectly done. Yeah. Right. Like they're not like a perfect fingerprint because you wouldn't get it wouldn't be. Yeah. On metal, and I love, I love the way that they do that. I the think attention to detail is really good in a lot of that stuff. Very pretty. Very pretty. So the high table just in general, the, the whole, like there's like a very Catholic esque vibe to it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of indicating that there's like roots and origins of this society that date back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years mm-hmm. kind of thing. It adds that sort of, uh, antiqueness to it. it. And this is something for world builders, you know, as a, as a wannabe writer, right? We've, this is not John's book hour. I don't have a book based on John Wick. <laughs> Maybe I could. But when people when you write books or when you write story, there is something that they say, show it, don't tell it. Right? So there's part of like where I could be like the weapon was weathered, right? Mm-hmm. Or I could say the weapon had scratches from 
I, like I can make you see that it's weathered. I in your mind's you, eye. Yes, yeah, exactly. As you're reading it and envisioning it. That's so, what you're saying. So you show it to them. You don't tell it to them. And I think that's one thing that we've seen with this is that we do, it's implied that there's these roots that go back a long time. There's that guy in the desert who's like one of the leaders of the high table, right? There's all, there's, there's this entire world building. This thing did not happen overnight. And there are rules that have existed since John Wick was a kid because even as a child, Right. Yeah, he was in this family. Of, he was in a family. They were somehow, you know, connected in this whole, you know, uh, secretive world. So it has this, like, you know, when you when you think of like a mafia movie or something like that, like the mafia came over and eventually became powerful, like prohibition and that kind of thing. So there, there, we we know that there's a time, you know, 1910, that we're not going to see like a lot of mafia things. Right? They're still probably in Sicily. Yeah. Right? So it's neat seeing. This thing that's so deep rooted and has such like a, but we don't know about it, but we can tell that it does. Yeah, and that is good storytelling, for sure. Yeah, that's for I, I, I like the context on everything for an action movie, right? Where people are like, action movies don't have anything good. Yeah, you know, I mean there are a ton of action movies that, yeah, that are just that. That is just action, and oftentimes the story seems like a second thought, or they don't even hardly have any story at all. I mean, like one of my best examples of that is like the Godzilla movies that you're watching that for giant monsters fighting each other. My like, son is for sure. Yeah, for the My act. son is watching Godzilla. My, he yeah. wants to watch Godzilla all the time. Because <laughs> it's awesome. It but is. But again, I, I'm never watching a Godzilla movie for the story. I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. The one, the, the first newer one that they did that was, um, had Brian Cranston in it. Hmm. Where he's fighting, what, I forget the first one of like this new series of things. The ones with out. Millie Bobby Brown in them. I don't think that one had it, her in it. Oh. That one didn't have her. In it. it had Brian Cran. She was there, but she, they they like added her post facto. Right. It was the first one where yeah, like yeah. his son was an Air Force pararescue. There, and there he was, was in Japan. It's the revamp of Godzilla. Yeah, for yeah. The new where era. He was in Japan. And his wife died in the thing, and he kept like. I actually kind of liked that story. I thought that was a decent story, and then when it got to the action, yeah. it was like a. To decent clarify, story. me saying that wasn't saying that. Those weren't, I didn't like those stories or stuff, but like, I'm not, you know, when that movie, you know, comes out, I'm that not, that's not my initial reason for wanting to see it. If it has a good story or something, that's awesome. That's a bonus. Oh, I know. That's a bonus for me. But. I know. I'm just, I'm just talking because I, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. If you've like, oh, yeah. well, maybe I don't want to just see a drive. The first, that one does have a, like a decent story. It's worth it. a watch. It's definitely. worth a watch. But the re- really, my son's just there so he can go, and like blow his atomic breath on me. That's because that's what he's into <laughs> doing right now. He like does like like I'll charges be, it up. I'll play wrestle with with mommy, you know, and then he'll he'll like come in to save the day, and he'll pretend he's like Godzilla, and he'll like yeah. like make the sounds. That's and then, awesome. And then shoot a laser beam at me, and then of course I've got to go flying. Well, know? yeah, that's what happens when you get hit with an atomic laser beam. Yeah, just wait till I come off the top rope with my. With my tomahawk, like King Kong. Are you, I was gonna say, just go get a giant gorilla costume, yeah. and you just will be King Kong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. So most people don't watch action movies just for like for the story, but we get it's like this sprinkled in thing that's like extra to it, mm-hmm. you know. Taken, for example, right? Everybody liked the first Taken, but the the Taken series failed. I think because they yeah. they tried too hard they didn't try hard enough and then they tried too hard as well like they they're like let's make this a liam neeson thing oh his kids got kidnapped and like his wife got his wife and his ex-wife and kid got kidnapped or whatever yeah. it's just like oh my god we've already i've already seen this one i've yeah. already done this one and 
imagine in the second one if it was like, oh, John Wick's dog got killed again. Now he's got to <laughs> oh, go back. His pit bull got go killed. Find that guy. His pit bull got killed. They took his other car too. It's just oh Lexus SUV. God. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's what is good about that is that he still has his dog, right? The dog, yeah. us seeing the dog all the time is a reminder of some of the things that he lost beforehand. The mm-hmm. dog, like he had this past life that he had to give up, but right. he's still got a human side to him. And if we, if we just showed back up and we, somebody shot his dog uh, for the second time, you'd be like, yeah. Did, wasn't that like the God. whole first movie? Like we're going to watch a whole nother two hours of him avenging a dog. Yeah. And the action's good, but like there is something to say for having a good story. And, and, one of the things that they do, they do tell us about John Wick. Here's, here's another thing when I say, like, show, don't tell. They tell us that John Wick is a bad boy. Bad boy. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of people telling them, a lot of people that. But we yeah. also see it. Yeah. You know, he talks about a pencil one time, and they talk about him doing impossible tasks. But that's yeah. really the only time, like, they, they say a whole lot more about it, because we see what he can do. Or like, oh, that's how he did the impossible task. Well, and right. there's this whole kind of trope too, where you they often don't have to explain or mention much about him because all they, I mean, just saying, oh, that's that's John Wick. That's enough to communicate to a lot of other people in the universe. They're like, oh, okay, like they everyone just understands what that means and who he is. So you, there aren't many words needed, no, to share. And that's good too. That's also good because yeah. you know you get that with Jason Bourne quite a bit. Like you know, Jesus Christ is Jason Bourne. <laughs> like you know, we've seen that's that's a meme for a reason. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. It, and you get yeah. that, and then we see like why Jason Bourne's so cool, and that's the reason why those three movies. I'm not going to talk about the other one, but the the the, like the, the ultimatum the, and the supremacy and Bourne, you know, identity, Bourne yeah. identity. Those were all really good movies. The fifth one wasn't too bad either. The fourth one with Jeremy Renner was the one we don't talk about. Yeah, I'm not the one talking about that. That one doesn't exist. But then mm-hmm. they did the final one, and that one wasn't too bad either to wrap yeah. it all up. But yeah. So I like that they, there's a lot of that like show, don't tell, but we see it. We see a lot of. We see it. I, so yeah. We see, we see it. why I, he earned that reputation and the name, the Baba Yaga, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, going back to the. The crime syndicate, you know, like the first time I see that blood packed token, as soon as they opened up, I got it. I was like, oh, yeah. that's what that is. Yeah. That's what that is. That's what it's, that's really easy to remember. Yeah. That didn't take any explanation. I mean, he, I, th- I think, you know, he, he talks about it a little bit in the thing. This is, you know, you, you did this and you, you gave me your word kind of thing. stuff. but even before he started explaining it, yes, yeah, so I was like, oh yeah, I get what that is. And yeah. You poke your finger, you put your blood your thumbprint on there and it's a, it's a contract. Which now that I think about it is kind of like a show. Don't tell. They tell it, they tell them like, this is what it's for. But the fact that there was like, cause there's a lot of times like, like I'm going to do, a, I'm going to make you an offer. You can't refuse. Right. On the day of my daughter's wedding. Right. You get that kind of thing. And it's just like, there was like, a, it's verbal only the yeah. fact that we have this trinket, this symbolic meaning, you know, yeah. we have the symbolic thing that we can see and put it with it. I think is like an extra little cherry on top. Oh Yeah. And there's a bunch of them. We keep seeing them pop up, and I like seeing that too. I like it when it's not a one-off. You know, there's a lot of movies like for that one movie, it'll be a one-off. I think in the third one, they had those in it as well. Like you think yeah, he goes, he, he shows one of them. He has he one shows one to uh, Halle Berry's character. That's just that's just reinforcing that you have this whole cool thing going. One of the, so one of the things too, like cars. I know 
Keanu, I almost called him John Wick again. Keanu is like a huge motorcycle oh, I didn't guy. Even, yeah, think about yeah the the vehicles and vehicles. stuff in this movie. Oh my gosh, yeah, he owns a mo- motorcycle company. Like he he made his own motorcycle company. He loves him, which is awesome. The same thing that it was like talking about stunts. The same questionnaire. He was like, like, how did you get into riding bikes? He's like, by riding bikes, man. Yeah, like, you just get on a bike and you ride it. Even to the point where you know he uh, played Johnny Silverhand in Cyberpunk, that Cyberpunk game, mm-hmm. and he helped make the motorcycles in the game really i did not yeah. know that yeah because he had a, he had a big input on how they made the motorcycles in the game like how they drove and sounded and how they looked and all that stuff like he had a part in all of that because that's of, cool he owns a motorcycle thing. that's like henry cavill like trying to do like some warhammer stuff exactly you know, or something like the yeah. fact that cd project motorcycles red, are one of the oh yeah well cd ahead. project red being like having him already as a as an actor yeah in the video game and then him like realizing he has an expertise in motorcycles. Yeah, why wouldn't you take full advantage of it? And the fact that he did help out. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he got paid money for and it. And again, that comes but, back to what you're talking about with Henry Cavill that he has a passion for them. Yes. He loves them. Yeah, like he may not be, you know, the biggest in the video game or whatever, but like motorcycles, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm all about motorcycles." I love motorcycles. And so, yeah, he had I a love lot of action in that. But yeah, so they uh the vehicles in uh John Wick were all really nice. They had the old Mustang. That was his, his favorite there. I think there was a... Shoot, what did he borrow? It was either Challenger or Charger or a... a There's a, a lot bear, of American a muscle. or something. There was so a lot was, of American muscle. Like I mentioned earlier, he had his, his two cars in his garage where his, his old like fastback Mustang and then just like a Lexus, you know, SUV, which is a, a nice SUV. That makes a lot of sense. That's, but it was like a actually, 2004 or something, so you could tell like, oh yeah, he, he like... You know, he's got his nice thing, but that, he drives an everyday vehicle. That lends itself to him being like a character outside of the movies, too. The fact that he's got his family car and he's got his fun car. Exactly. I mean, that's realistic. That, it's not as realistic when everybody's got like, a, like here's my Lamborghini, Lamborghinis Aventador, and Bugattis and Bugattis all that stuff. Bugattis right next to it. That's not very practical to take the kids to church, you know, on Sunday. No, not much trunk space. There is not much trunk space. Um, So the the driving in that, like all those scenes, even the horse scene. Oh, yeah, the horse. There's the horse scene. (laughs) Like riding a horse. Riding a horse through Brooklyn, shooting While people are on motorcycles, you know, hitting him with swords or batons and all this stuff. He's fighting him off of a horse. So so neat. And he's on motorcycles several times. You don't see much horse combat in a lot of things. No, the king. The king had some horse combat. Love that movie. We'll get on. That'll be like a whole topic later. I guess in in modern set time. No, you don't. No, you wouldn't. It would be silly to, but in this one, it worked. I don't think the horse died either. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't think so. That's another reason why it's so, and a third time today, palatable. is because No more horse, animals were harmed in the making the, of these films. There was that one dog that got shot, but it had a bulletproof vest on or something. Like that, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's but it wasn't John Wick's dog. No. You know, it was the- It didn't it was, matter, though. They still killed everybody. It was still Halle, it was Halle Berry's genesis, right? Yeah. It was her genesis, because it was her dog. It's like, oh- don't do that. We know what happened in the first one. Yeah. But that's not what it was all about. Yeah. And when I watched the first one, I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, it's like an interesting world, interesting thing going on. But once they start, once they start building on that, it, it really turns into its own franchise. Like you could write spinoffs of that. You could write early things from the high table. You could, you could always, there are so many things you could add to that. To like, it's going to become its own set piece, you know? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, for all those reasons, it's those John Wick movies definitely skyrocketed up my list of favorite movies. And it's the reason why we geek out about them is because when you have things that people geek out about in real life 
and you bring them into something like an action movie, which people also geek out about a piece of media tv show you know movies video games we're just adding more to it when you're a fan if you're a fan of terran tactical and you see a terran tactical gun in the cool shitty movie right that just makes you want to watch it more and it's a smart thing to do and people should think about that as they're going forward and doing things like that and we should also be nice to keanu reeves and because we know he's nice to everybody he's a nice guy (laughs) and we should all try to be like keanu reeves and, and be nice to people you know do some Donating money to charity left and right. Yeah. He's uh, giving up his bus seats, you know, on the subway seats. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have seen that. Again, a, an all-around great dude. Yeah. Um, excellent actor. You know, last week we talked about The Matrix. He killed it in that. He's killing it in John Wick. Yeah. He just, he's, he's definitely one of my favorite actors. I would like sure. to see him um, join our crew on Patreon. Ooh, yeah. That would be amazing. He could stow away for just twelve bucks a year. That's one dollar a month, yeah. and get access. Dollar a month, you can help uh, fund our mission here. Fund our mission. Yeah, to it go... doesn't have to be gold coins. Nope. You know, it can be just you know regular money. Yeah. Whatever denomination though, but uh, basically, if you find value in what we're doing here at the uh, Geek ETC podcast, if you find any value in things we're talking about, entertainment, then you can. Uh, give back some value and help support the show. Yeah, we would love it. We'd love to have you as members of the crew. And of course, through Patreon, you're just not throwing your money away. Hope, you know, we plan on having several things for our patrons oh, yeah. so that they can There'll be lots of exclusive content, exclusive content, up there. possibly exclusive merch because our logo is dope and I want to put some stuff on it. Oh, for sure. And you know what else? Give us a follow on our, on our social media pages, the geek ETC podcast on, on Instagram, on, Twitter, and YouTube. That's right. Yeah. Watch our shorts, listen to our show. Yeah, we've got the podcast available up on uh, YouTube as well. If you don't want to, you know, if you're not into uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of that stuff, you, you, you know, you're a big YouTube person. You can even listen to it on our website. Josh, what's our website? Geekitcpod.com. And Josh goes through the trouble of making show notes. So if there's anything that we talk about that you want to click on, you can click on a little link and you'll go to a page that. Yeah, it'll often open up like a Wikipedia page about whatever it was we happened to mention. In that episode, there's links to all the kind of major topics that we talk about underneath uh, in each episode page on the website. So, hey, visit our website, visit our social media pages. Main thing is you just keep listening. And honestly, you know, remember geeks fight better together. You know, form your own high table, keep your friends close. And yeah, even if that fighting is, you know, hand to hand combat or, you know, some crazy run and gun uh, gunplay. Either way, whatever you uh, method you decide to choose, always remember to keep geeking out. 